Welcome to Malts and Music, a brand new podcast brought to you by the Scotch Malt Whiskey Society. My name is Vic Galloway. I'm a broadcaster, author, musician, and lifelong music fan. I'm also a massive whiskey fan. This podcast is inspired by my own experience of pairing up 12 single cask malt whiskey flavor profiles with 12 music genres. I thought, let's do something similar. Get some creative people to pair up five tracks with five delicious whiskies. We also talk about their lives, their careers, their experiences, and go off on various tangents. Enjoy, slanch. Welcome to Malts and Music, Stina Tweeddale, Honeyblood. Lovely to see you here in the Scotch Malt Whiskey Society. How are you? Good, thanks for having me. Um, oh, it's a pleasure. Look at these cute, sweet, delicious, lovely uh, five dram taster packs that we have here. Now, pairing up music and whiskey, how did you find it? I found it quite a niche topic, um, <laughs> yeah. but I feel like I fit the niche because I like both of those things mm, equally, probably. So, um, so yeah, I actually find it a very enjoyable experience. Yeah, was it a challenge? Did you sort of initially go, how am I going to do this? Uh, previous interviewees have sort of said, it's a little bit odd to start with, but then you get the hang of it. Absolutely. Yeah, I did think it was very odd. I actually sat in my garden and took the individual little bottles out and I had a little glass and by the end I was just like these yeah. are great these are all brilliant but that's because I'm a scaff so um. <laughs> well, we're gonna we're gonna go through each one we're gonna drink them feel free to drink the entire dram have a couple of sips if you prefer it's completely up to you now when you go for a whiskey in a bar or a hotel or wherever if you're gonna buy yourself a bottle what do you tend to go for what kind of tastes so I like Isla whiskies I like things that are PT but I've, I've kind of been developing my taste because I used to be, um, I used to really dislike Talisker and think it was too much and now I love it. So mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, in the kind of 10 years that I've been drinking whiskey, you do kind of like ev evolve your taste buds. So the first whiskey I ever tried was Jura that I loved and that still is, people buy that for my birthday, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but I really like Laphroaig. This is my new my new favorite. Oh, so you're going right into the peat then? Yes. Yeah. So I've gone from Jura, which is probably the lighter kind of Isla whiskey, right past to the, the hardcore. The hard stuff. <laughs> and, and there's a sort of perception, I think that perception's completely disappeared now, but there was a perception maybe, I don't know, 50 years ago or something, whiskey was an old man's drink but it certainly isn't I anymore. am an old man I'm an old man in disguise <laughs> you're an old archaeology yes, lecturer yes. <laughs> so dusty <laughs> uh, no but I mean it, it, it's enjoyed by everyone now and it seems like a modern drink it's not sort of you know an, an old dude in a, in a in a bar in the middle of nowhere in Scotland staring into his whiskey I mean that definitely still exists but um yeah. I find that um, I don't really like things with mixer. I'm really picky about what I drink that I enjoy. So um, I'm not really like a kind of mixer Coca-Cola or something like that. Um, and when I kind of learned that you get very slight headaches off drinking whiskey and you can have a very good time and then wake up the next day and feel good, I was like, why does, not, why does everybody not drink this? It mm -hmm. also tastes delicious. So for me, it's the perfect drink if you're going out to a disco. I feel like, you know, you, you sip it and then you can go and dance and you're not spilling your drink everywhere. You've not got a pint that makes you bloated or whatever. Um, so yeah, this is it's my drink if I'm going out to have a party, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, everyone likes having a dram sitting around a roaring fire, but 
as you've just outlined, you can have a whiskey in a nightclub. You can. And it's the perfect thing. If people who haven't done that yet, I definitely say try it. Well, nightclubs, music, whiskey, that's what we're here for. Um, we're going to go for dram number one. Let's open our, our tasting packs. Isn't, uh, this is exciting because I have to say, you've obviously tried all yes. of these and paired uh, a tune with each one. I'm tasting them all for the first time, so that's doubly exciting for me. Well, so I'm going to take my tasting You're in for a treat. Notes. Oh, great. And um, I really like that... Um, I feel like it's kind of like Pokemon cards or something here. Yeah. With the, uh, the tasting notes, I'll read some of those out in a second. So we're going to go with dram number one. Take one of these fine Scotch Malt Whiskey Society glasses. And there we go. Pouring in dram number one, which is... They've all got brilliant titles, as always. Late, Late Night, Night Pantry, Pantry Raid. Um, so before I have a, a sip or a nose, I'm going to read out some of these... Uh, it's quite small type and I'm losing my eyesight a little bit. So, um, Bleary-eyed and peckish, you stare into the depths of the pantry in search of a midnight snack. We've all been there. Uh-huh. Pushing past aromas of chamomile tea bags, Galliano liqueur, and half-used packets of Ichiban soup flavoring, you pull out a box of bran flakes, dried raspberries, and honey. Mm. The tasting notes go on, but that is a great introduction. Yeah. This is a space side, um, 14 years old, and yeah, 58.1%. Okay. Oh, it's, it's a very, it's quite light on the nose actually, isn't it? Yeah, it's definitely got a sort of, I like the jelly baby bellies and the salted licorice. Yeah, these um, are more of the tasting notes. Oh, sorry, I've not read that yet, yeah. But I definitely think the salted licorice stands out to me because I love licorice also, so. It's funny with licorice, some people like the sweet stuff. I love the salty stuff as well. Mm. There is a bit of salt on the nose, yeah, definitely. It's, it... it's quite a mild nose though. Some, some really hit you, right? I'm going in. Mm. Certified delicious. Oh, it is certified delicious, <laughs> isn't it? I'm getting the sweetness a bit more now. I'm getting that, that um, as you say, jelly bellies, um, milk chocolate. Golden raisins, these are all part of the tasting notes. Definitely, it, um, it's got like a sort of like back of the cupboard dried fruit feeling, mm -hmm. you know, like jars of fruit. Says here, um, even bran flakes, now I'm tasting it, I'm like, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it takes a little bit of time for your brain to um, put the, the flavors together, I think. Oh, but dry number two, it just gets better and better. So, what tune have you paired up with uh, Late Night Pantry Raid? So, um, I'm a big fan of this band, and um, pretty much any song to me is gold. But um, I chose the B-52's Topaz. I have to say, this is a, this is a big tune for me at school. <laughs> I um, it comes from the album Cosmic Thing, 1989. Mm -hmm. I left school in 1990, so you can imagine. It was a, it's a perfect time. I obviously liked their earlier stuff, Rock Lobster, and the first album specifically. But Cosmic Thing was a brilliant album. Rome's on there. Obviously, Love, Love Shack, the big hits yes. on there as well. But Topaz is a beautiful tune as well, isn't it? Great harmonies. Um, it's, yeah. it's very, I feel like compared to um, other songs, it's maybe like a bit more subtle. Mm -hmm. B-52 is a more subtle 
uh, way. But I've been listening to that album so much recently, and they're a big influence on the record that I'm making at the moment for Honey Blood. Like, for the last couple of years, I've just been kind of obsessed with them. So they've really um, made an impact on what I'm making. And only a couple of weeks ago, I've been listening to this song over and over again. Um, I found a few records. Uh, B-52's records in some record stores actually in Edinburgh and there's one um, there's a guy that has a stall at the quarter mile um, and I found a party mix of the B-52's which is like an extended mix of like their hits um, to be honest Topaz wasn't on it but there was some yeah. great ones on there and um, I know that guy with that stall Tom yeah, Paul Robinson yeah, yeah got the best sideburns in Edinburgh <laughs> Well, I was very, I, I was very um, impressed to find something like that, and I'm sure nobody else wanted it, but I bought it because I would love that sort of thing. And I can imagine kind of being in your kitchen um, and uh, dancing around to the B-52s with a whiskey, you know, while the party mix was on. You put that on when you have a guest over or something. <laughs> Feeling a bit peckish, going to the back of the, uh, the pantry and finding some dried fruits. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, it's, yeah it's, so tell me... This particular song, as you say, it's maybe a little lighter than some of the other B-52 stuff. It's not quite as spiky and punchy. It's more melodic, it's more harmonic. Yeah. Honey Blood stuff is very melodic. I mean, your stuff. Thank you. Um, but if you say this is going to be an influence on future recordings or current recordings, does that mean you're kind of getting a bit, is it getting a bit more luscious and less kind of grungy? Oh, no, definitely not. It's still got that kick. I think, um, I think the fact that um, the sort of, fun aspect of the B-52s and the kind of bizarreness I think I'm pulling from there a lot mm -hmm. and I feel like if I was going to be in any other band apart from my own band which unfortunately for me I am in <laughs> um, I would want to be in that band mm -hmm. so I think of them as being uber cool and I got a chance to see them last time I was in um, America they played the Greek theatre in LA they actually supported Boy George wow um, but they were amazing and you know they're they're pretty old now and um they were absolutely slammed and it was great so yeah. i aspire to be this man i think well you've already said that you went to the record stall at quarter mile in edinburgh you're a fan obviously yes. i wouldn't have asked you to do this if you weren't a fan <laughs> of whiskey and music and um, how do you sort of consume your music do you like vinyl you pick up records i love vinyl and um i moved house a couple of times uh, recently and unfortunately I broke my vinyl player uh, which was pretty sad because I've had it for a very long time mm -hmm. but uh, my dad gave me my granddad's vinyl player and I just moved house like a couple of days ago and I'm going to set it up old kind of 70s one it's probably an amazing uh, deck as well I think those so. old 70s players are like, one they're usually indestructible oh yeah it's been dropped so many times <laughs> but but also they've usually got like you know the the cartridges and the needles and so on are just like of a certain spec you absolutely know. yeah it probably so. sounds brilliant yeah and I've got like a whole bunch of his records that I probably won't play as much as the stuff that I love because he loved jazz so he's like you know he loved the modern jazz quartet it was like his absolute favorite so there's a lot of those records that come with that player which would be nice to kind of bring back out for him definitely I love jazz now I mean I always have done but I'm, I'm sort of immersing myself in it nowadays and um it's it's like dipping your toe into an infinite ocean. There's yeah. absolutely tons of yeah. jazz out there that you need to dig into to even have a, a vague knowledge of the genre. But I'm trying. <laughs> um, yeah, um, so vinyl, CDs, do you still go for those? So 
I also, when I moved house, I found a whole bunch of CDs from my parents' house from times past, like actual teenage me and what CDs I had. And I loved them so much and I loved music as a kid so much and I only had like, you know, a certain amount of pocket money. I used to go to the library. This is so, was illegal at the time, but you know, we're past that now. But <laughs> um, I used to go to the library and take CDs. I have like, for example, I have like Nevermind by Nirvana. And my dad had one of the first ever CD burners. So he had like a double, you know, you put your blank disc in and you put your CD you're trying to copy. And I would put them in and I would copy them and then I would draw the artwork. And so I have like a stack of these. Um, and you can definitely see where my band came from because there's like Jeff Buckley, PG Harvey, and all this stuff was just in my library. I remember it being 20p for two weeks or something. You could. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> like you're not the only person I, I know that did exactly that. I know it's not allowed. You're not supposed to do that, but you know, needs well, must when you only get like a couple of pounds for your pocket money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I know loads of people that did that. And, or or if, if it wasn't burning a CD, it would be um, taping the, like taking the CD or the vinyl out of the library and then just, you know, surreptitiously taping it so you had a copy. Yeah. Ah, it's one copy. It's not like sharing <laughs> it with billions of people on the internet. I think it's allowed. Well, I used to, I also used to tape. I had a cassette tape radio. I used to tape the radio also. So I used to wait till the song that I wanted came on and then I'd be like, <laughs> tape it. Um, so I have like a whole, I find a box of stuff and it's just like the most wild, like halfway through like the news, like <laughs> cassettes, play like four songs or something. Um, but I've got, I've got cassettes when it's like taped off the John Peel show. So it'll yeah. just have <laughs> him sort of going Mogwai or something like that. And you just, you hear his voice and then the song or, um, like they just, just coming out at the end of the song or something like that. But, uh, oh, that's great. That's, that's quite a, a time passage. capsule, isn't it? Like yeah. a time capsule that if you've got John Peel's voice on it, you know exactly what era that was. Yeah. Cool. And also there will be people possibly listening or watching who don't remember people taping things off the radio. Yeah. That's something that doesn't happen anymore, I wouldn't imagine. Although I'm sure there's a digital equivalent. Um, anyway, how are you getting on with the dram? I love this. I think it's really delicious. I feel like it's sort of um, a wintry one. Yeah. I'm good for this weather, actually. Um, and yes, it's a, it's a yes for me. Yeah, well, um, there was me saying, don't feel you, that you need to drink the entire dram. And I'm pretty much at the end of well. this dram. I'm going <laughs> to pace myself for the next one. Anyway. I'm going to I'm going to um, try a bit of water in this one just to see if it changes the complexity. Just probably about the same amount of so water. I never usually have water, but I've been I've been drinking whiskey recently and I've been suggested by other people to put one ice cube in and i have been doing that and i actually have enjoyed that yeah just one i know some people um say you know ice near a whiskey is sacrilege i usually think so right i'm i'm usually so against it because i like the warmness of it so i yeah. love it to be room temperature you know like i don't understand the chilled feeling of it but i think depending on what one it is you can get away from get away with it i gave my friend a bottle of Beaumore fairly recently and to my horror he put it in the fridge oh my god <laughs> and uh, he's like thanks vic <laughs> yeah put it in the fridge I'll and just served, chill this served for later. it chilled um which 
you know, completely and utterly ruined it. But <laughs> I, I just waited until mine was room temperature yeah. and drank it. Um, well, absolutely delicious. Yes. What about record shops, um, places that you buy records, places that you go, repeated places that you, you maybe go to hunt things out, any that you yeah. recommend? I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm a charity shop fiend. I love it. And yeah. I spend a lot of time. I actually, um, I mean, I love record sh- stores also. And I have very specific ones that I love around the country. So I love Pie and Vinyl in Portsmouth. Mm-hmm. It's my favorite one because you can go in there. And they always have great stuff, but they also have pies. <laughs> so you can get a pie and they do this lovely like elderflower cordial as well. And it comes in a little teapot. So you just, you know, buy like whatever you want. You can sit down and you can ask them to put it on and they're just so nice. So mm-hmm. I love, I love that place. Um, Resident in Brighton is pretty good as well. It's like more, I feel like record shops are getting like more itty bitty Mm -hmm. so it's interesting to go in that one because it's like bigger but um here i mean i love fox box Mm -hmm. so that's probably my favorite here and in edinburgh yeah darren as well is good too absolutely and they have everything by the way (laughs) whenever you they will find it for you (laughs) yeah yeah no absolutely and it's great being a touring musician as well you uh, I've never been to Portsmouth, I have to say. I'm ashamed to say I've never been there. So actually, if you like the seaside, it's pretty good. Yeah, and, and <laughs> but I've, I've never had the opportunity to be there. So you, as a touring musician, you're going to obviously play the shows, but you're going to experience a little bit of the the local culture and yeah. pie and vinyl is, is one of the places. It's excellent. I, have, I love it there. I always go and visit. So yeah, and I always have my vinyl in there too, so... Cool. Well, let's move on to dram number two, I think. Um, What's this one then? Raindrops on pine cones. Yeah. Raindrops on pine cones. I really love... This is like really satisfying to be able to read about them. I feel like this is like a a, a nice experience to be able to do I'll give a line or two of the the, um, tasting notes here with the card. The Pokemon card, as you yeah. said. Uh, I mean, for- I don't want to bring the, I don't want to bring, you know, the, bring it down. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah. so uh, unclassy. <laughs> but but it, it, the fact that it's, it's kind of small and in a nice little wallet inside your uh, tasting pack. So, the fragrant citrus scent of green pine needles lingered in the air as raindrops splashed from bracken and trickled down mm. the deep groves in sap-covered tree bark. From a beehive came notes of rich honey and hard toffee with thick beeswax and the dry spice of weathered wood. Mm. It goes on, but that gives you an initial uh, idea of um, raindrops on pine cones. Talking about um, record shops, what about gig venues and, you know, touring? You mentioned the Greek theatre in LA and then playing in Portsmouth and Brighton. You're, you know, you've toured a lot globally as well. Yes. What, what, what? particular venues jump out at you um so i love like the ones that are like established in the community and maybe have had like a bit of a rough ride but are still there i feel like they're just the best ones um my favorite venue of all time which is a lot of people's favorite venue of all time is the brudenelle in leeds yes and i think that an overarching amount of musicians feel that way about that venue. And what, what's so special about it? Um, so when I first started playing there, they hadn't taken over the full thing. Like it's been like kind of like uh, expanded now, but um, they'd taken it over, but, but you had like the most cool indie bands playing in one of the rooms and like, you know, so many like art school kids with like cool hair and cool clothes like in one room. And then you go into the other room and it's just like a full snooker hall with like, the guys, you know, who've been, who've been there for 30 years and they're like, well, 
we're not going to move for nobody. So they're still there. And I find that that um, kind of amalgamation of those two um, like kind of weird subcultures was kind of like cool. Gave it a real atmosphere. Yeah, of it made it like sort of like it's, it's very legit in its, in its working class background and where it roots and where it came from. Um, unfortunately for those guys, the tables are gone now and they've just extended the venue and made it like super massive. So it's like it can hold um, bigger gigs, I think now. Um, which I haven't been to yet. I've only been to the other two rooms, but I thought that was very cool. Um, And they have um, sometimes like pizza vans outside and things like that. And I I feel like there's not really a lot around that area. So people just go for that. Mm -hmm. Um, But some of my favorite gigs have been there. Yeah, and and they have great sort of t-shirts and merch and things as well. They're they're really cool, uh, the Brudenell, just in general. And you're right, I, I... I think almost every, certainly UK musician that you you speak to, that's in the top three, if not number so. one. Yeah, I think so. I think it's just the ethos of it. Like the venue itself is good, but um, you know, it's 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 just what it is. It's it's more um, Nathan who owns it, and you know, he's got his little dog, which I think is called Charles. It's a King Charles Spaniel. Right. I mean. He's very old. Uh, um, it's just like everybody's so nice. Everybody wants to be there. Everybody's so excited about you playing and and kind of being part of the, the their community for just like one night. And and I really love it. And I've had some great times there. Yeah, so. and it it beats any kind of corporate kind yes. of branded venue that's just a a breeze block a breeze block box um, that's just there to make money out of you. This is this is something that's for the community, as you say, and for yeah. the musicians who tour and arrive. Yeah, and also, they kind of nailed it, so it's like they're on a roll, you know, and then they're they're actually building the venue to be better and better and better, so the entire time, I keep on seeing it kind of develop for the venue to not exactly like, you know, to like just pocket the money or whatever. He seems to be putting money back into the venue, back into the community. It's a great place if you're a band from that place, like starting play your first gig there but also I saw like the Cribs did like two weeks just like residence there and stuff like that so yeah. it's like it's one of those places I love it yeah respect to the Brudenell in Leeds uh, <laughs> let's let's have a, a, a nose of this dram number two raindrops on pine cones we've given some of the tasting notes out uh, oh yeah I'm getting much more citrus on this one yeah totally it's, yeah Oh, it's got a real twang on the nose, um, if, if that's such a saying. Mm. Uh, I'm going to have a sip. It's definitely um, got a little bit of nutmeg in it. Mm. It, def- it definitely feels like you're near a tree. Yeah. <laughs> you and know, it's got, like yeah, it's you could got be slight in woodiness the, to the it. aroma of a tree. Uh, I suppose the pine cones gives that away. It, it definitely has. It's... Um, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say it's got a sourness to it because that's that's maybe too harsh. But it's got yeah, it's got a sort of woodiness to it. Um, oh, I like it. Yeah, me too. I love citrus. That's like my favorite taste. I think if I could choose like a kind of basic like category, so yeah. um, that to me is is really really nice. What uh, track have you gone for with this one? So um, I chose um, Mazzy Star Blue Flower. Um, which I can just see kind of Hope Sandoval like walking through a forest into a meadow or something while, <laughs> while this is being sipped and you're listening to that song. So, 
Um, another similar to B fifty twos, nineteen ninety. Yeah. Um, you kind of been born by that I, point. I mean, I was, but I, I was definitely not playing the guitar. So. Yeah. But um, is is there is that a sort of era that you that particular time you've mentioned Nirvana as well. Um, uh, and various others, PJ Harvey and so on, they were all kind of emerging or hitting their stride around that time. Is that kind of late 80s and early 90s, is that a period that you love? Yeah, I think so. I think that it's it's must there must have been some magic happening in that era. I definitely think 89 um, and then going into the 90s and early 90s, it's like, to me, that's there's some very, very interesting things that happened during that time that possibly... Um, kind of shaped how I make music. Um, so yeah, definitely when it comes to guitar bands and guitar based things, I love all the kind of um, the sounds from that era. Yeah. And Mazzy Star, I, I loved as a kid so much. I think that the kind of like mixture of the, the on this song, especially the kind of like fuzzy guitar with like Hope's like super sweet vocal. Mm-hmm. I think that that's cool. Yeah, um, and they, they, they always have that Velvet Underground, Jesus and Mary Chain kind of yeah. um, connection as well. Yeah, I think this song actually sounds so much like Jesus and Mary Chain, um, which is cool because it does have a honey taste as well. So I Hope thought there Sandoval was like... and Jim Reed went out with each other, did they not? Oh, there's some celebrity gossip, indie celebrity gossip. <laughs> From about 30 years ago. Yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, were they not an item at I one point? I have no idea, but it makes sense so. now, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, so and and yeah, so the, the the woodiness of the whiskey goes with hope, like w- walking through a yeah, sort of, you that's know, right shaded um, forest. Yeah, definitely. I can see that. You can, I can see, see it. That. <laughs> so tell me good. about whiskey then. Um, when when did you get into it? You mentioned ten years. Yeah. And who got you into it? Um, I can't remember exactly, uh, but I definitely got to a point in my life where I was like. I, I won't drink, you know, a vodka and Coke. Please don't give them to me. Um, and I think I was maybe maybe very early, maybe 20 or something like that. And I start, I actually started working in a snooker hall. I know I just talked about that, but um, I worked in a snooker hall. So I worked for the ballroom in Morningside, if you know that place. I don't actually It used know to that be place. called the Angle Club. Right, no, I don't. I'm a lethal again. Yeah, uh, other no. side. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I don't actually know uh, snooker clubs in, in Morningside. Mm. Does it still exist? It does. I must get up there and yeah. have, a, have a, a game or two. It I is. quite like going into... The only snooker hall I've ever been to was one that doesn't exist anymore on Leith Walk. Uh-huh. And oh, yeah, up the stairs. Up the stairs. It was yeah. terrifying. If you went in They're there all terrifying. The wrong, <laughs> yeah. But it was, it was next to... A, I think it was next to a boxing club. So it was like guys that like went boxing and guys that played snooker. And then there was us guys going in to... <laughs> oh, so, yeah. Anyway, yeah. So tell us about the, you know, your whiskey experiences. Yeah, so it was just before I started... Um, Honeyblood, I worked there trying to like figure out what I was going to do with my life, I guess. And um, I realized that there's a, an etiquette to um, playing snooker. I learned that the hard way very early on. And there's also an etiquette to drinking and what you drink. And mostly the orders would be whiskey of some sort or pints of best. And the amount of when I first started, and it, it was very distressing, the amounts of pints of best that came back because they were not poured correctly and I 
got my wrist slapped a few times yeah. because you know you cannot mess it up they, you know these these are regulars who come in they come in you know once a week some some of them would come in every day to play snooker and they would have their pint of best and you've got to have it correctly so. oh it's like pouring a bad pint of guinness as well you, yes you, exactly so it's, it's, a, it's a sin yeah. Um, so what? And you you started having a drama too while working there. I did. So after my shift, I would. Um, there was like so much options, and I'm pretty sure that I was given a little drama of Jura. Right. To ease me in. <laughs> now your dad's a musician as well. Does he, is. does he does he drink whiskey? He does. He um, would he would drink maybe Jura. I don't think he would enjoy something PT. Um, pretty, he would ease off. He's um, more of a wine drinker, to be honest, and he does like a pint of Guinness. But he's very picky about that kind of stuff as well. But you, you may catch him ha- if you handed it to him in a pub. He would drink it. <laughs> and, and so, I mean, he obviously influenced you in terms of you playing guitar and yeah. being a musician. Yeah. But would he? Would you, or maybe nowadays would you share I, a dram with him? I would influence him. I would find something that he would like and and give it to him, and he possibly would like it, but he possibly would not. Does he come and see Honey Blood play live? <laughs> does but not enough i think i see him more than he sees me um i've seen i met your mum at gigs so i know she comes she's my super fan she's every single one um and she also knows about stuff before i do she's like my press person or something pr because she's always like retweeting things that i'm tagged in and i have no idea where they are or like finding interviews and from years ago she's got a lot of stuff in the house that she like prints out and like keeps and yeah, it's pretty. Emba- nice, it's pretty embarrassing, really. But no, I think my dad kind of just cares about the music and the songs, and is like my first person to like hear my demos. He mm-hmm. also tells me when they're terrible, which I really appreciate because not a lot of people tell me. I'd rather know. <laughs> well, no, that's good. Yeah, constructive <laughs> criticism. Yeah. Um, um, well, and, and how about drinking whiskey on tour? I mean, obviously, we we talked about you traveling far and wide. Do you do you have a few drams after the show? <clears throat> I do. Um, or before I, the show, maybe. Yes, I usually have one before. So um, I've had times where I've had lost my voice because, you know, I, I tour extensively. And there are points in my career earlier where I really didn't know how to do that many shows in a row. And, you you know, you're using your vocal. Um, it really is a muscle. So it, it gets tired. And, um, you know, I wasn't unwell, but I was definitely feeling the effects of playing every night. And um, it turned out that if you had a hot toddy before you play, somehow you're miraculously cured. Maybe just because it's alcohol, I don't know. But, um, yeah, it helped me through a couple of shows. I actually played one at Electric Circus and the bar made me a hot toddy. And I drank it before I played and my voice came back. Wow. That's a great tip. I've heard that before, but to hear it, from someone that's actually had the the miracle cure is is great yeah so i usually what i'll do is i don't drink that much on tour i I keep it to a real minimum but i will have i'll pour myself a whiskey um before i play and i'll have a couple of sips with it and then i'll take it on stage and if i need it i'll sip it and then i'll probably not and then I get to finish it after the show. <laughs> yeah, well, that's very responsible because I mean, so many rock and rollers I know, like you know, tour time is party time. Well, it can be. I used to drink beer on stage, and I now look at that as a terrible mistake. So um, now it's whiskey, and maybe we'll have a little bit of bubbly if it's a big show or something like that. Right. But 
it's risky. It's very honest of you. And I have to say, you've been very well behaved. All, yeah, our, all our I previous mean, guests have downed their whiskeys, and I'm I'll about a, to go through dram number two maybe here. Maybe I'll have a little bit more. Um, yeah. Um, whiskey, is it, you know, drinking whiskey, you know, gigs aside, is it about the company, do you think? Is it about the, the situation you're in? Um, what makes it so special? I think it's about a lot of stuff. I think the, um, to me, I love to have a whiskey after I've had a really busy day. So I'll have it as like a bookend, you know, you just have one and that's kind of like the end of the day. And I think that it's kind of like to sip it, you sip it so slowly and it takes, you know, time to, to drink it. It kind of like calms you down, unwind sort of feeling. Yeah. So. And, um, and, and not necessarily having you know, loads and loads and loads, just one one yeah. or two at the end of the day just to calm you down. Quite right too. I mean, if that works for you, I mean, obviously if it doesn't work for you, don't do it. But uh, um, yeah, yeah. It's there. Some people it's, it's you know, drinking to excess, having loads and loads of beers. Well, you, can't, of, you can't really do that with a bottle that's like 60 quid or something. If you're going to yeah. drink that entire bottle, then, you know, you can do that, but you're going to have a 60 pound hangover there. So Yeah, that's true as well. That's true as well. Um, yeah. Well, I, I'm I'm very fond of raindrops on pine cones. I think yeah, late night pantry raid was slightly easier to drink, but I think raindrops on on uh, pine cones is is more complex and more detailed in in its flavouring and in, in, in the, the different kinds of um, aromas that I'm getting from it on the nose and in the mouth. It's, totally. it's really delicious. It's kind of citrusy at the beginning, mm-hmm. and then it kind of catches the back of your throat at the woodiness at the end. I think. Yeah. But delicious, both delicious. Well, um, I'm going to move on. Okay, what is we are now on to dram number three, which is rekindled romance. Um, which oh yeah, a lot lighter. So this is my favourite one. Okay. So I probably will drink all of this one. <laughs> okay. Um, now this is an Isla. It's 11 years old and it's 57.1 percent. Let me just say that the last one that we were uh, drinking raindrops on pine cones is Speyside. 56.5 and it was a 12 year old so yeah so we're on to an isla you've already said that you like the isla yes. malt um this is a refill x bourbon hogshead cask and here are some of the tasting notes just quickly a surprisingly fresh and floral aroma greeted the panel before the more familiar scent a mixture of sandy beaches salty sea breeze and the sweet peat smoke found us back on terra firma the taste, neat again, came as a little surprise, very spicy and maybe even a little grubby. One mm. panellist was reminded of a date, banana garam masala peanut butter smoothie. We took his word for it. That is that is a great... I, I love that, the banana garam masala peanut butter smoothie. That's yeah. like a specific, that's very niche He's getting taste. serious tastes off this but one, isn't he? I'm into that because I love garam masala, so yeah. I'm like, and I love peanut butter as well, so... Rekindled Romance, let us open the bottle and go in. Rekindled Romance poured. Um, mm. Now, um, you've gone for a band that I absolutely love. In fact, I love all your choices for all five drams. Uh, tell us what you've uh, paired with Rekindled Romance. So seeing as this is my favourite one, it was the first song I chose as well. Um, I've chosen The Slits, Love and Romance. Just yeah. popped into my head when I was drinking this in my garden um, and definitely think that well, we'll let you have a taste and then I'll tell you what yeah. I think of it. Um, the Slits Love Unt Romance uh, is from Cut in 1979. Um, their debut album, which contained Typical Girls, maybe their most famous song. Uh, they were the 
you know, with the first batch of original UK punk bands. So yeah. Sex Pistols, Damned, Clash, Susie and the Banshees, and the Slits were in there too. And they were they were teenagers, or certainly Ari Up, the lead singer, was. Mm -hmm. This is a brilliant, cynical song. I mean, lots of songs have kind of been written in this style since, but I think at the time, teenage punky girls being cynical about love and romance in yeah. this way is was totally groundbreaking. Yeah, I love them. I've always loved them. Everything about that record changed my life. And I love the cover so much as well. The actual yeah. artwork is like one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Um, I read- Which you could uh, say, they're, it's, they're, they're the, the three members of the band are all caked in mud, but yeah. sort of topless or sort of wait, waist up. Yeah. Um, and, and it, well, they're uh, like feral, aren't they? Yeah, they it's are like, feral, yeah. So. And they're like sort of, it's like tribal, isn't it? Um, it's an extraordinary record. Yeah, it's great. I think for the time as well, when you think about all the things that, that were coming out and you think about them as being like a female band who were making that caliber of punk music, there's a lot of, um, I feel like now they're maybe celebrated, but maybe at the time not so much because of the fact that they're ladies. And if you, you know, I've read um, Viv Albertine's biography which is honestly so great but the way she speaks about it in those days at the beginning when she is an innocent kind of teenager who's just like going mental and like kind of like gets carried away and does whatever um I kind of feel like when you read that and you listen to the music and you can see the correlation but I really don't believe that they knew how good they were at the mm. time, you know? Well, we should also big up Budgie from Sudan and the Banshees who played drums on that record yeah. as well because the drumming's great. <laughs> yeah, it's But so it's good. just, it's such a unique album. And let me, let me see, why did you choose it to go with, obviously, Rekindled Romance, Love and Romance, so there's yeah. the title, but... The title, but also I feel like, um, wait, I'll have a sip and I'll... I'm actually, weirdly enough, getting the garam masala in... in uh, yeah. On it's, the nose. So this one... It's got I, a real spiciness. Yeah. Completely unlike the, the last two. I think the word that I was looking for is angular, which I think is the, the music has this sort of... That song has sort of like an angular kind of like strange beat and like um, sort of tempo is very weird. And um, when I had a taste of this, I did think I was like, it's, it's so strange for a whiskey. It's not a straightforward whiskey, I think, this one. No, well, so. it's, um, you know, I've said to the sandy beaches and sea salt breeze, there's definitely that, but there's this spiciness to it as well. And yeah. the nose is amazing. It really is. Anyone that doesn't know or, or, or like have an interest in whiskey, I'm sure you won't be listening to or watching <laughs> this, but um, uh, someone, to needs to, someone needs to taste a whiskey like this or smell a whiskey like this to know how exotic it can, it can be. Right? Yeah. Let me have a sip. It's like a to me this is a weird one, but in a great way because you know you can have your classic ones, um, but this one I feel is kind of like out, outside of the lines a little bit. And that has got a sort of tobacco-y um, taste to it as well when you put it in when on the mouth, especially yeah. towards the middle back of your mouth. I'm a smoker as well, occasional smoker, always trying to give up. Occasional. And um, <laughs> yeah, this. I could actually, I know you shouldn't ruin your taste buds by having a cigarette necessarily with it, with one of these fine whiskeys, but it could go perfectly with this. Just, uh, could, although I don't condone smoking, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. You can uh, stand next to a fire or something. <laughs> yeah. Tell us a bit about Honey Blood. Um, we, we, you know, obviously been hearing about touring and so on, but yeah. three albums deep I am. now. Um, yeah. So you must have had some incredible times so far. I have. I was thinking about it the other day because of obviously everything that's happened in the last couple of years how thankful I am to have lived 
the life that I have lived up until this point. Um, and be and I keep on now that I have time to reflect on it I've been kind of like telling all my stories and I feel like I'm boring everybody that's around me because I'm just like let me tell you about the time I went to Australia and let me tell you about the time we got locked out of our van and yada yada and all of the silly tour stories that I think are so funny um but I think when I'm kind of you know 80 years old I'll look back on them and think wow that was some interesting times (laughs) I completely agree. Mm. And now each of their own and everyone lives their own lives and so on. But I think that um, if you can get to a ripe old age and have a million and one stories to tell, then oh, yeah. that's the kind of life. I, that's certainly the kind of life I've tried totally. to lead with I as mean, well. I get in trouble all the time. I end up making terrible decisions and then I, I have to deal with them. But I do think that it's better to... I'm, not, I'm thankful that I have had that time I'm not over yet, though. I have got another album coming out. So. Um, uh, self-titled debut, yes. uh, Babes Never Die, mm-hmm. second album, In Plain Sight, third album. And where are we going with the fourth album? You mentioned that B-52s influence. Yeah, so I've been talking... So I have a patron that I um, kind of like let exclusively look into my world, um, which has been great because I've been doing kind of like stuff over this time in 2020 2021 but now i'm going to probably direct the shift back to my um next full album um and i've been explaining to them that it's a cross between although you'll listen to it and be like it sounds like nothing of those bands at all cross (laughs) cross between the bangles b52s and the go-go's oh wow well i love all of those if you're into that then you're gonna like HB4, which right. is un- unnamed at the moment. That's what I call it, HB4. HB4 sounds yeah. good. It sounds like a rail link, unfortunately. <laughs> yes, it so, does. Uh, maybe I'll come up with a better title. <laughs> Although HB4 in the right font would look cool on an album cover. Yes, so I do maybe. love a good font. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Uh, oh, that's that's exciting. That's exciting. And and to be a professional musician and turn your, much as I've done in a slightly different way, turn your kind of teenage hobby and the thing that you're yeah, passionate about so into your much. job is so much. Yeah. And, yeah. and sup some good whiskey along the way as well. <laughs> um, yeah, was it something, was there a, a plan B? Was it just kind of, no, I need to do, I have to do this? Was it a childhood dream? I mean, I know I said that I was an archaeology teacher here, dressed, I've got a trench coat on, so I'm a sort of archaeologist <laughs> lady, but um, I have a degree in economics and social history. So, oh, right. okay, um, cool. so yeah, I guess there was a plan B at some point, but... Um, yeah, I don't know what I would do with that now. Mm-hmm. I don't know what my, my experience is in rocking on. So, <laughs> so uh, are you a lifer then? Is this it? I, I mean, guess so. I've come this far. I, I mean, I love to write songs. That's really where I get my um, passion from. I love to perform. Uh, but I feel like if I didn't have the songs, then that would mean nothing. So um, I see myself as more a songwriter. And I hope to continue that until, you know, I drop down dead. Would you would you write songs for other people? Would you write yeah. songs for Pink or for... I would love to. So if Pink is listening to this podcast, then <laughs> hit me up. Um, yeah, so I have been. So I've been writing for other people and writing with people and um, kind of like putting, putting out the feelers for kind of like doing that. Um, as well as doing Honey Blood stuff. And, and also doing my solo EP, which I wrote kind of like a different style. I bought my first synth and for a guitar player, I was like, I don't need a synth. For my last record, my full length record, I bought a, a guitar synth pedal 
because I was so adamant I wasn't going to play the synth. So I bought a pedal that made my guitar sound like a synth. But now I own a synth. So um, Fair enough. It's only a matter of time yeah. before you own a synthesizer uh, or two or three. True. It's, it's when you have an entire room of them that you have to start worrying. I mean, now I'm like, please, I want that room. So. Yeah. yeah, no, that's that's good. So um, how are you getting on with the whiskey then? I mean, I Rekindled love this one. Robots. I think I drank it the most out of it. Um, but so yeah, I really, so really, far, really this like is it. The PT, this is the PT number in the batch. Yeah, but I feel like it's pre- It's not like super PT. It's like very fresh, as it says. Fresh, floral. And I like that, that they've chosen the color green, my favorite color. I also feel like it has a sort of... Um, it makes sense with that sort of fresh yeah. Well, it's, it's part of the for forever and listening who knows the Scotch Malt Whiskey Society flavor profiles. It's part of the lightly peated flavor. Mm, it's profile. definitely lightly, but it's it, it is. Very but it's, good. it's got a spice. It's got a it's got a real flavor to this. This is this is not a bland kind of you know. It's very lightly peated, but kind of bland otherwise. This no. is delicious. It's absolutely superb. And yeah. unfortunately, Stina. As you're being very sensible, I'm just about to finish this. I know, time. right? Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna nick this one. I'll finish. This <laughs> I'm, one. Gonna, I'm gonna add a little bit of water, uh, and then we should move on to dram number four. Otherwise, this is going to be a seven-hour podcast. <laughs> mm. Yeah, delicious. The um, I mean, I could drink the I water. Drink. Definitely dulls the sort of slightly more tobacco-y no. flavors, but brings out the saltiness. I'll, I think. I'll give it a go then. Yeah, so try I don't it. usually put water. In, in my drams but um. it just very occasionally I mean I, I'm the same sometimes I don't bother but sometimes I just you know I know especially if it's got complex flavours the, the, the water can change it uh, and bring out a different kind, set of, of those flavours or oh. pinpoint one of the flavours perhaps is in the background yeah it feels like it's more floral when you add water yeah 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 it's good it's good I like this one okay um so with our, our late night panty raid, <laughs> pantry raid, I should say. That's a, <laughs> That's a totally faux, different thing. To, to, to faux pas there. <laughs> uh, late night pantry raid was sweet, fruity and mellow as a, uh, as a tasting profile. Uh, raindrops on pine cones, spicy and sweet. We've just had rekindled romance, which is uh, lightly peated. And we move on to sunshine on cream cakes. Oh, yeah. Which this is one. deep, rich and dried fruits. And mm-hmm. I often, when I'm in the Scotch Malt Whiskey Society with my girlfriend or friends, my brother or whatever, and we're just having a few drams, maybe a bite to eat. Um, and it is the best place. I mean, I don't live too far from here either, so I can... Oh, you're I can, spoiled. I know. I can just wander down, and it's a real treat. And I have to say, during COVID times as well, being able to come in here, everything's beautifully spaced out. You mm. don't feel like people are on top of you. You don't feel like you know, no one's badly behaved or jumping on each other no. or anything like that. You can, you can have a, a very civilised quality time and of course drink the finest whiskies known yeah. to man I often go for a, 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 a deep rich and dried fruits depending on what's you know what they've got on bot in, so, in the particular bottles so but, this is kind of like your your jam then well I'll, I'll see and I, I, on paper it is mm-hmm. uh, whether whether we go in um, I, I've enjoyed all three so far but yeah the color of this is so nice so it's sort of like a pinky color like peachy yeah which it is I really love i kind of like that they're all so much so different in color it's utterly different from the last co- yeah. color the yeah, last like, color was like this like very light lemon kind of lemon yeah yeah and this is as you say it's a, it's, a, it's, it's peach sort yeah. of especially when you had it on the table there i was yeah. looking at it it looked really peachy oh i mean this smells 
delicious. Yeah. Like a dessert. Yeah, I think that's sometimes if I'm in the right mood for it, that's what I love about these. So this is a Highland. Um, it's from a Recharred Hogshead cask. It's nine years old and it is 59.8%. And let me do one of the, uh, a couple of lines of the tasting notes as well. Sunshine kissed aromas of bramble jam, melons and marmalade, joined a sweet array of toffee apples, sponge cake and vanilla syrup with a coating of coconut. Mm. I mean... That just sounds like my jam straight away. Yeah. I'm going in, I'm going in. Let's have a nose first. It smells really divine. Oh, yeah. And again, it's got that real fruity. Oh. Oh, it's so sweet. It's like a dessert. Yeah. I think sometimes if I'm in the mood for that kind of dram, that's why I go for them. Mm. Oh, you can really taste the coconut. Yep. So yep. much. And although it becomes... A bit of a broken record saying this, totally different from the last round. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, night and day, really. But to be honest, I really like this one also. And I usually uh, would prefer this one. So yeah. that's that's a, a different for me. I would never choose something like this. No. Nah. Um, sunshine on cream cakes. What have you gone for music-wise to so, pair up with this one? My song here, because when I, I feel like it is desserty and kind of like sweet, um, I chose Soccer Mommy, which is kind of a newer song. Um, and the song I chose was Circle the Drain. Which is a, an introspective lyric. I mean, it's a really melodic song. Yes, yeah, I think it's beautiful. I love I love both this record, the new one, and also Clean, the um, record before. I love yeah. them both. I think she is, um, for the niche of... of of what she could delivers, which is this kind of like introverted look um, and sort of like sweet feeling. She nails it. So. It's funny because, I mean, if people are listening or watching, enjoying the chat and perhaps are going to discover Honeyblood's music, your music as a result of this, I think actually, especially by the time we get to sort of dram number five and song number five, this is a real insight into your brain. I guess your musical so, yeah. Brain, <laughs> Uh, which is obviously what we want from, from these discussions. But I think if you kind of add all these five tunes together you kind of, and put them in a blender, you kind of have honey blood at the yes, end. Yes, let's go with that. Yes, that's But you know what I mean? There's, there's, certainly, there's certainly elements of, there's elements of Soccer Mommy in what you do. So not, much, not, not yeah. that you sound identical in any way, shape or form. But no, I resonate with it, definitely. Yeah. yeah, I love her. I think there's a lot of... Um, newer artists out there that kind of like are in the same vein as that but I feel like she is outstanding in what she delivers and um, I actually recently got um, watched a video of her using a hologram um, guitar pedal can be used for synth also if anybody's into geeking if you like whiskey and you also like music maybe you like guitar pedals um, but it's called a hologram pedal it's called a microcosm and I watched her play this uh, microcosm and used it on that record and in this song I think possibly and um, I contacted them and they gave me one also oh. so I'm going to use it on my record that's, so that's the power of being a rock <laughs> yeah. star though yeah. isn't it oh it's it's absolutely so tricky to kind of get your head around because again it's built on on the technology of synths and and I'm not so good with that stuff, but I cannot wait to, to work on that. So now, I mean, Soccer Mommy, yourself, and all of the choices you've made in Molten Music, um, they're all female artists or female-fronted yes. bands. Yeah. yeah. That conscious decision to I do that. did. And I think guitar-driven female uh, bands, I think, 
that says a lot about my identity and where I come from and also my music. And there's also a wealth of good tunes out there that I could pair with these whiskeys. Yeah. yeah. And do you think we're in a sort of golden age of female artists stepping forward? And I definitely think in the last 10 years that I have been um, performing and releasing music, I've seen it grow and grow, which is really great. And every time I listen to like people um, come and speak to me at shows or they talk to me on the internet or whatever, um, and you know, younger women that are like, I never really had the, there wasn't really a place for me and um, because I keep on seeing more and more women playing the guitar, you know, they feel like they can too as well, so. Well, and, and myself as a musician, but mainly known as a radio broadcaster and, you know, sort of champion of new artists and this kind of stuff. I've been doing radio programs for the BBC for 22 years now. And I have to say, um, there's always been really great quality um, female artists or female fronted acts Definitely. but I, I think that it's we're I, as I've said I think we're perhaps in a golden age um, yeah. there, across different genres it could be an, an electronic artist it could be a, a rapper it could be a, a, a classical composer a noisy guitar player whatever it may be singer songwriters I think you know girls are right to the front as Bikini yes. Kill would like to have had it definitely you know. uh, quite, quite right too um <laughs> Yeah, um, tell us a little bit about the pandemic. How has that affected you? You mentioned your Patreon um, yes. fans. Um, yes. And you've got an EP, um, A Souvenir of a Terrible Year. Yes. Um, that was a necessity, I suppose. Talk, talk us through it. It was. So um, at the beginning of, gosh, we're going back now, March 2020, when we were locked down for the first time, before we got locked down and we were, you know, we were getting told about what was happening, I had a whole bunch of people come to my studio every single night. I think when shows were cancelled, so you know, you weren't allowed to gather, but you were still allowed to move freely. Um, I had people come to my studio and do like a little set on live stream. So I had M Woods, I did one, Carla J Easton did one, Martha Fion had one, and then I had a whole bunch lined up to do. Um, and then we were put into lockdown. So it's like, I remember being like, you guys, I'll call you when this is all bold, you know, blew over and we can, we can I'll call you in a out. couple of months. Yes, exactly. And lo and behold, that didn't happen. But it gave me such a feeling where um, I couldn't believe the support from people, you know, online um, who wanted to donate to the cause. So um, donate to the musicians or... Um, just be a part of it and so many people were like it's really nice to just have something to watch I go to gigs three or four times a week and for that to be taken away it's kind of like this gives me something so I set up my patron and I kind of did it as an experiment really I didn't really uh, I'll be honest I didn't really know what I was doing at the beginning <laughs> um, but it's always the best way <laughs> yeah, I think I anyway. mean I'm, I feel like now looking back on it I'm like wow that it, that really is a kind of like strange um a strange thing to go ahead with and many artists would not feel comfortable about doing it but I used myself as like if you were playing The Sims but for a musician and my patron got to make all of the decisions about what I did so it, they chose the songs that you were going to um, cover or? not even the songs they chose the instruments that I used what kind of style the song would be when I was writing it so it's like 
paint by numbers sort of like what do, what do you want it to be like so so we you, want heavy metal guitars yeah. bossing over beats and <laughs> yeah. we want it played on a, a steel drum exactly you know? and i was like okay i'll make i'll make it i'll do my best um so yeah so they wanted to hear more um down tempo acoustic um, they were really into the acoustic guitar which my lead single didn't have acoustic guitar in it but um a lot of the other tracks from the, the ep do um and the synth as well they were they, it was kind of construct for their vision of what it should be and we were all kind of on the same path where you know they listened to the three albums i had released they knew my back catalog and we knew we wanted to make something different so and a souvenir for a terrible year and they came up with that name as well that is a brilliant <laughs> title for this ter- horrific two years almost yes. now i mean yes it's been the ep was actually made in 2020 but um we weren't even going to release it and so now it's 2021 but it's so. a line from a sunday's song here's where the story ends yeah. which is which you cover on the ep I, as yes well, so i do great track and your version is really good as Thank well you. and that, that, there you go that's a bit of my childhood as well. I liked the the Sundays and that particular song and that album when I was at school. Yes, and, it's a great one. It's a phenomenal album yeah. to revisit if anyone doesn't know that a debut reading, writing, and arithmetic. arithmetic yeah, it's a great album. Yeah. Um, well, you must have that. The, that's under your own name, Stina Marie Claire, as it well. It is. Yes, which is actually the first monkeyer that I um, released music on. I found my first ever EP when I was moving house that I released when I was 16. So I'm going back to that. <laughs> okay, I'm, I, as I say, uh, before we go into a seven-hour podcast, um, let's let's maybe move on to mm. dram number five. I'm okay, just well... Do you know what? I'm just going to finish it. I mean, that one's delicious. I feel like it should be at the end, though, because it's kind of dessert feeling. Although this one, this is hard. This is hardcore, this one, I feel like. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, why cl- I chose cleansing this, the palate. which is why I chose this next song as well. <laughs> okay, so we're on to the fifth and final dram mm. of this episode of Malts and Music, and we have Jamming with Apfel Strudel on the Beach, um, which, let's get the tasting card here. It's a young and sprightly um, tasting profile. It's a Highland uh, First Fill Ex-Bourbon Hogshead Cask. It's eight years old and is 64.4%. Yes. I've, I've had a little a bit of evaporation of alcohol on the lips over the last four, but uh, this one is probably going to do something similar. So I'll read out a couple of the tasting notes here. The evocative nose mirrored the smell of exotic blends of pipe tobacco. Amongst friends, we were about to tuck into apple and raisin strudel after Sunday dinner, drinking apple schnapps to cleanse the palate. Mm. As, as always, the, the tasting notes and the descriptions go on, but that, again, gives you a really nice example of what flavours we're about to, to have. So, apple strudel, uh, schnapps, vanilla perhaps, but also pipe tobacco, which I'm in, you know intrigued about. What did you go for musically with this one? So, I chose a young and sprightly band that I yep. think is pretty... Um, I feel like they're the most energetic sort of powerhouse band that I've seen live in so long and um, triumphant sort of to watch. I love it. I feel like they, they 
fill you with euphoria when you watch them and they're also so nice and lovely people um so i chose dream wife so uh, the song is called so when you gonna so when you gonna which so is the title gonna. track to their second album yeah and um i played it many times on my bbc shows and i actually had a live set from them once uh, at uh, uh, the Electric Fields Festival, sadly no more. Um, lovely people. Yes, really. they're so sweet, but they are absolutely punk as... Yeah, and they <laughs> kick ass on stage, yeah, they kick ass. There's, And there's literally a lot of high kicking going on. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's punky, it's in your face, it's a total banger, this track. And a, a really great introduction to Dream Wife, so which much. is also an excellent name for a band, let's be honest, Dream yeah. Wife. Yeah, I love them, and I've always thought they were really important in the scene, and the scene that I'm part of, I would say, as well. Um, and I'm very glad they, they exist, and I'm very glad that they fill people with joy, but also sometimes shock people, which I think is really funny. So um, I thought this would be a fitting fitting choice for this whiskey. Okay, I'm going to put it, you know, having a nose on this one. Now, that, those tasting it's notes... It's pretty subtle, I it's think. It's quite a subtle nose, yeah. So I'm not getting the, the pipe tobacco, for instance. I mean, it is a light and, um, and sprightly, so... Mm -hmm. Young and sprightly, I should say, so... Hmm. It's an interesting nose, though. Okay. Ooh. Yeah, Going but in. it's good. It's like an immediate hit rather than a long-lasting one. Yeah. You getting the apple from it? Hmm, Yeah. I'm not sure I am. It's fruity, but maybe I'm not getting the the apple. But then, this is what the tasting notes are all about. They maybe suggest things to you, and you might not personally get them. Apple and raisin strudel. You getting that? Yeah, I'm kind of getting a little bit of apple. Maybe not so much the shoe polish, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm now on, on sip number two, sort of getting slightly more of the tobacco-y feel to it. But it is, I can definitely sense the, the high alcohol content. Yeah, there's a tingling. Without it being oppressive in any way. No, there's a, definitely a tingling on the lips for mm. this one. Mm. But it's not bad. It's not a bad thing. It, this is, it, although it's young and sprightly and, and quite delicate in flavour, you wouldn't want to be drinking more than you know a couple of drams of this i think it's this is this is potent stuff yeah this is under the table sort of young and sprightly and also potent which is kind of dream wife the, the track is i feel like it and also sort of um surprisingly under the table because you would never expect them to make the music that they make i think that they kind of keep catch a lot of people off guard i love that juxtaposition of when you meet people and they're really friendly and <laughs> unpretentious and bubbly and straightforward and and lovely and sweet and then they get on stage and yeah. it's like was that the same person yeah <laughs> you know, totally like, especially like the fact that you know there are three women who are like very cute and um you know classically you would say that they would not be in a punk band but guess what they're in a, a badass punk, punk band so yeah i think that that kind of is fitting um, what are your plans for 2022 then? What do you have lined up? I know it's, <laughs> it's for, forever a movable feast because we don't know what's around the corner. I'll, I'll give you my aspirations for 2022 then. Um, so I hope I'm going to release a, another EP um, under my name, Stina Marie Claire, that um, I've recorded um, in a church in Galashields, in the borders, with some string arrangements of the songs that I 
um, have released. Oh, wow. So it's so, going to be quite different from... Yes. So I went from being, you know, making these songs in my bedroom with, you know, my guitar, my acoustic guitar and like a synth that I bought and like a little drum machine to making it sort of orchestral. Um, so I feel like I've done my songs justice now because I'm I'm not in no way a producer and I made those in my bedroom not thinking that... Um, you know, I, I'm a novice at that sort of thing. So I really love to do it like the extreme version, which is like have, you know, the, the orchestral sort of incredibly uh, moving side of those songs, um, which essentially the songs are quite sad as well. So it works pretty well. Um, and then I'm going to concentrate on finishing my fourth album so i've got five songs in the bag i haven't been able to to have my band up here due to restrictions and everything else so once i can get them up here then. okay and you're based in in the borders near gala i am now based in the borders so i actually moved from glasgow and i lived in edinburgh for a small part um during lockdown just to be near my family um but yeah, it's it's been um, an interesting change of scenery for me. <laughs> well, some people love the city for inspiration, but some people love the countryside. Do you are you are you you know getting some kind of that space that that kind of you know headspace to to write and yeah. imagine? I mean, I'm I'm all for um, I love Glasgow and I feel like it's got such a history in my career and everything that I've ever done and all my songs have been written about times that have happened there. Um, and even, you know, HB4 is, is written, so it just needs to be recorded now. So all those songs have been written previously. But um, I'm trying to set up a kind of like writing hub for people to come and write with me. So it's kind of nice in the country where you're kind of secluded and I have a little outdoor space that people can come and write in. So um, it's uh, it gives me space and time to do that, which I wouldn't possibly get in Glasgow. Too many bit people knocking on your door. <laughs> Too many people knocking on your yeah. door and going, let's, let's go and have a whiskey at the exactly. Scottish Malt Whiskey <laughs> Society. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you. And thank you for sharing, um, you know, pearls of wisdom about whiskey and music. You've paired up five amazing tracks with five amazing drums. Mm. Um, good luck with 2022 and onwards oh. with Honey Blood and the solo stuff. And uh, as we sip this dram, we shall say goodbye. And uh, yeah, real pleasure, Stina. Thank you very much for spending Cheers some time. Cheers to that. It's Cheers. Malts and music. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. Slange. Slange. Thanks for checking out Malts and Music. I hope you enjoyed it. Remember, we are building a playlist of all the tracks discussed. You can find that on Spotify. And for all your whiskey needs, unfiltered, whiskey talk, and so much more, head along to the website smws.com. I'm Vic Galloway. This is the Scotch Malt Whiskey Society, and I'll speak to you in a month's time. Uh -huh.